Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. So First Things First has been the series. It's just about getting our life ordered, getting our life right. What are the things that matter most? And we talked about prayer. We talked about His Word. We talked about worship. And today, fellowship. Fellowship. Now, you can use the word community. You can use the word um, togetherness, whatever. There's a lot of words. Let me, let me talk about fellowship. When I grew up and somebody said fellowship, I wasn't thinking about what the book talks about. What do you think? If you grew up in church, when you hear the word fellowship, what do you think of? Food. Man, that's been the unanimous answer every time I ask. Food. So we got kind of conditioned it's like Pavlov's dog. I mean, every time we hear fellowship, man, we start salivating. I mean, you know, we're ready. Well, that's not what the Scripture necessarily talks about. I want to give you a definition that's, that's kind of a working definition of fellowship because I think in the Bible, we were created for fellowship, not chips and dip. Please, no more Rotel. I, we just don't need it. We were created for something so much more meaningful. And it started in Genesis. It goes all the way through Revelation. So here's my working definition of fellowship. Sharing in common the things that matter most. Sharing in common the things that matter most. Now, we share a lot of things in common. But it's those things that matter most that that bring us together. And even as I'm, I'm looking out, there, there's so much in this room, and I can only imagine online the differences like where we live and where we grew up and what we drive and who we voted for. And I mean, you could just go on and on. But there are things that we have in common that make us a church. Things that we have in common that bring us together. And, and I want you to go to a text. If you've got your Bible or you can turn it on, open it on your phone, whatever you use, go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, Hebrews, a great book. Um, I, we really don't know who wrote this, quite honestly. I, in fact, if you're signed up for Friday night, we're going to walk through the New Testament together. We're going to have a blast doing it. Um, I'm not going to come up with some author that I believe wrote the book of Hebrews because I don't think we know who wrote it, but we know why they wrote it. They wrote it to the church that was going through an experience of being separated. It's called the diaspora or (laughs) diaspora, depending on where you went to school. It's where the church, literally the Jews were spread out. And so we know the book of Hebrews, the book of James was written, and second, first and second Peter, they were written to churches that were being persecuted. And they maybe, maybe didn't have a lot of fellow believers around them. And so what is being said to us today is, hey, there's some things you have in common no matter where you are. And so make sure you build 
that fellowship on those things that are in common. Okay, there are three of them. I'm going to go ahead and give them to you. We share a common call. Okay, we have that in common. Hope. We share the same hope. And we share the same need. We need each other. Now, what we're going to do this morning, and I want you to listen up, we're going to, we're going to interrupt because I just feel like there's a moment where we need to remember our hope, and we're going to have the Lord's Supper together. So if you're streaming this and you want to get the elements together, get some, something that you can use so you can participate with us. If you're in the room and you didn't get one of these, I call it a snack pack. I'm sorry. I, I'm just used to the old elements, you know. They're not the biblical elements. If you want to go Bible on us, here we go. We got one loaf. You all got to eat of it. And one cup, we'll pass it around. Now, I've been in a church that, not Baptist, I was participating in a church where we had the common cup. It was the way they did it in the New Testament. I'm standing there with the minister, and as he's saying, we're going to have the common cup, he has this big old cup, and I'm praying, let me be first. Just let me be the first one. And it didn't work out that way. Today, unfortunately, no common cup, but we have this. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to make sure you got it accessible, because in a minute, we're going we're gonna to break maybe what could be the thing we share in common most. And that's our hope in Jesus. And then we're going to come back and finish it with our common need. So let's read the text. I'm in um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full, a full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let's consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. May God add his blessing to this word. So what do we have in common? Common call. I have the same call you do. You say, but yeah, but you're a minister. I know, but I have the same call you do. But I'm just a, a teacher. You have the same call I do. It's a call to follow Jesus. It's a call to Jesus. It's not a call to a church. It's not a call to a profession. Now, God may open a door for you, and you may have access to a profession that God uses you. But remember, he said, no matter what you do, do all for the glory of God. But the call we have, we have in common, and here it is. Follow Jesus. Come to Jesus. And I want to show you, when, he, when you look at this text... He actually gives us these two incredible things that have happened for us so we could follow Jesus. So I'm going to go ahead and put the, the text back up. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, I just think the first thing is he opened a way for us. He opened access for us. 
And so verse 22, he says, hey, let's draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Uh, I, I kind of believe he's talking about here when you have been sprinkled, I think it's the blood of Jesus, he forgives all your sin. And your body is washed pure with water. I think that's baptism. I think it's a picture of what happens when we follow Christ. And there are only two things that probably Christians throughout the world, throughout generations to come and generations that have gone by share in this. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. And both of those point us to this call that has been made possible since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Let me put that in another way. You can come as you are because you belong. You belong. You are part of the body of Christ. You come as you are. You say, but I don't know a lot about the Bible. It's not what he's talking about. Well, I don't understand a lot of church stuff. That's not what he's talking about. Jesus made a way for you. And he made that way through his death on the cross literally opened up a way for us to have access literally to everything we need. So I want you to know when they read that, they lived in a world of barriers. There are always barriers. Meaning, if you were a Gentile, you had a lot of barriers. You couldn't come into the temple. You, come, you couldn't come to holy places. Uh, if you were a woman, you had a lot of barriers. Uh, if you were a Jewish man, especially of certain professions like shepherds and others, there were places you couldn't go. So we're talking about barriers. Now, to be quite honest, there are barriers that we have. We think there are some places we don't belong. I hear people every, every time I'm talking to somebody about church and I'm inviting them, oh, I, I don't belong there. Why? Well, my life's not what it should be. Hmm, you'll fit right in. Neither is the pastors. I just think we have created in our mind these barriers. And what he's saying to us is, guys, the barriers are gone. There's nothing keeping you from the holiest place on the planet, and that's in the presence of Jesus, the one who died for you, the one who made a way for you. How many of you have ever been in a place and you saw the sign on a door somewhere, no access? You seen that? What, what thought goes through your mind when you see no access? You know what goes through my mind? Two things. What's back there? And number two, why? Tell me why. Well, I said, Shay, there's a third thing. I'm going to go back there. I'm just going to see. There's a sinner in all of us that wants to push the edge and the limits, right? Well, let me tell you what Jesus did for you. When he died, there was a veil. It was the biggest barrier. The Jews knew it. We don't know it, perhaps, because we didn't grow up with a temple. But there was a veil that separated the holy of holies from the rest of the people. So no matter how old you were when you first went to the temple, or no matter how old you were the last time you went, you stared at a veil and wondered, what's behind there? The day Jesus died... God reached down, and he took the veil, and he tore it. You know what he was doing? He was saying, come as you are, you belong. You're welcome here. 
The day Jesus died through his body is what Hebrews said. Through his body, now you have an all-access pass. Man, I always wanted to have one of these. Didn't you? With my name on it. I mean, I look at people, I've tried to get down in places, and they go, you have to have an all-access, sir. And then when I finally got one to go stand on the sideline at a college football game, man, I had my all-access. When I got to go behind the stage at a concert, you know, to hang out with a band or something that I love, all-access, man, I was, I was feeling great. I just felt like this was the key to the kingdom to go wherever I wanted. You got one. In fact... I have two, and I'm going to give the other one to somebody, and that means you get to go with Danny wherever he goes. Wherever Pastor Danny goes, that's your all-access. You're going to go home with him? You're going to go. <laughs> Not quite. I think I want to go home with Matthew now after hearing that story about the wedding. But seriously, how would you feel if God said, hey, I've got an all-access for you. Anything that I have, you have access to. That's exactly what you have in Jesus. So the call to follow Jesus was made possible by Jesus. And then what's our hope? What's our common hope? We have this, this hope. And let me go back to the text. Let me put the verse back up. So let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now go to verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our what? Hope. Without wavering for the one who promised is faithful. In other words, every one of us have hope. You know why? Because you have Jesus. And that's our hope. Don't you ever let the world talk you into hoping in something else. What makes this place come alive is not the hope that Tom Brady is really not going to retire. I mean, I hope he doesn't. It's not the hope that your team is going to win the Super Bowl. It's not the hope of these things that we... No, no, no. There's one hope. And when you find a place that knows that hope and has that hope and lifts that hope up and offers that... Listen, that's the place I want to be. I want to go where there's hope today. Let me tell you about a guy who I met one Sunday morning and... Um, he told me a story, and I said, dude, I, 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 you got to send that story to me. So he did the next day. This is his story. He came to the service because he had been up until 3 in the morning. I mean, actually, he didn't go to bed till 3 in the morning. And his girlfriend had just broken up with him. He was devastated. He was lonely. He was homesick. He had just moved to Orlando. So at nine, he got up and he said, I have to do something. I got to go to church. And he said, I, I don't know where to go to church because I don't know the area and I didn't know where to look. And he said, I got in my car and said, God, you're going to have to show me where to go. He said, as I was driving along, I looked up and I realized I was on John Young Parkway. He said, I came up beside some trees and I said, God, I, I just don't know where to go. You're going to have to show me. And then he said to me, he said, David, I turned and looked out the window and saw these big trees, and right above those trees, I could see a cross. And he said, when I saw that cross, I thought, wait, that's probably a church. And he said, I turned in, and I saw the monstrosity. <laughs> and he said, I came in anyway, 
And he said, and David, I love it. And he goes on to tell me about how happy he is to be here. I can tell you what drew him here. It wasn't a building. It wasn't this monstrosity. We've all had that experience first time we saw this place. Let me tell you what made the difference. When he walked in and sensed there's hope. With his life broken, with him being alone, he found hope. So have we. His name is Jesus. Don't ever forget what he did for us. And he gave us a way to remember. So I want us to do it this morning. And then I'll come back and we'll talk about the last thing, which is we have a common need. But let's just say, Jesus, thank you for all access. Thank you for being our hope. And as long as we live and as long as we have breath, we will remember what you did for us. He gave us a way to remember it. In your hand, hopefully, you've got something that looks like this. I keep knocking it off the table, but this is it. It's a little bitty snack pack, but it's got a wafer and it's got juice. So let me show you the night that Jesus was betrayed. He gathered the disciples and he took the bread, one loaf, and he said, this is my body which is given for you. As often as you eat this bread, remember me. And he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of my blood, which is a new covenant. And as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, remember me. May we never forget. He is our hope. Jesus, we do this today to remember you. In Jesus' name, eat the bread, drink the cup. One more thing, we need each other. We have a common need. We don't care who you are. Doesn't matter how old, how young. Doesn't matter how much you know about the Bible, how much you don't know about the Bible. You need what I need. We need each other. And remember, I told you this was written to a church that probably was spread out. I mean, literally, the the body of Christ generally was spread all over. But churches were isolated. They were separated. It's never been God's plan for you to live faith out alone. And so he's encouraging the church. And he's trying to say to the church, hey, you you need to remember this. You need each other. Because there's two things we do for one another. Number one, we make one another better. We make one another better. You always know the verse, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. I think it's true of all of us. We make each other better. And he says it in a very interesting way. Go to the text with me. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Look at this. Stir up one another. That is literally the word, the word stir up is literally the word irritate, agitate. So if you've ever been irritated by our church, thank you, we're a biblical church. We're trying to do exactly what this says. The problem is don't irritate because you're a jerk. Agitate 
to make people better. We will never grow weary of challenging all of us to be better. You're going to hear us talk about get connected till the day we die. You're going to hear us talk about giving. You're going to hear us talk about serving. Why? It makes us better. We were created for good works. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. This is what Paul said about us. We are his workmanship, meaning masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So in other words, I believe every one of us have a unique mission, good works, that we're to do that God's already prepared for you. And being together helps you to remember that and to do that. So the stirring up of one another is just to help us be better. It's to encourage us to do what God called us to do, be who He created us to be. And the second thing, we need each other because we need to encourage one another by being together. He says, go, go back to the text, don't forsake or neglect to meet together as the habit of some. Encourage one another. There's one thing I know about everybody in this room. There's one thing I know about you. I, I don't, maybe don't know your name, maybe don't know where you grew up, where you came from. I don't know those things, but there's one thing I do know about you, and everyone on the stream right now, there's one thing I know about you. You need encouragement. You need encouragement. We need encouragement. Listen, what we've been through with COVID, what we've been through in isolation, what we've been through in staying six feet apart, what we've been through in wearing masks, I mean, all that we have been through, I like what Larry Crabb says, damaged psyches aren't the problem. The problem is disconnected souls. What we need is connection. There is a longing for connection today. It's greater than it's ever been. And so I think for me, when I read this, I, I just got to tell you, I need you. I'm sorry. I, one of my greatest joys is when I walk in this room and I see you. And I can't be more specific. I can just tell you when I see you, it brings me this incredible hope that I'm not alone. We're in this together. How many of you, if you're going to go eat a restaurant you've never been to, and you pull up in the parking lot, and there's only one car there? Do you get a little nervous? You're like, hmm, not sure this is where we're going to go. I'm out. I'll pass on this. But if it's full, yeah. My wife and I ate it one Friday. We had a little date, and we ate it one we'd never been to. We heard some of y'all talk about it. And we pulled in, and it was packed. And I looked in, and I said, I'm feeling better about this. I just think we need each other to encourage one another. And you know, the slightest thing can encourage you. The slightest, I mean, even today, I want to encourage you on the way out of here, find somebody you don't know. Don't touch them, okay? <laughs> I want to touch them, but you got to just not do those things right now. Just look at them and say, hey, I, I haven't met you. I'm David, and I'm just glad you're here. Do you realize what that could do for somebody? So we encourage one another. And if you think about where these churches were and, and how they had been spread out. All, in fact, I got a map of what's called the diaspora, if it makes sense to, to you. So 
I mean, Jews primarily living in Judea, and then all of a sudden, because of things beyond their control, there was a diaspora, we call it, and, and all the, the gold area is where they ended up. And so I think the book of James, the book of 1 Peter and 2 Peter, and this book written to the Jewish believers who were there all over. And you know what? They felt alone. And he said, I don't want you to feel alone. You need to be together. So can I just say thank you for being here today? When's the last time you had somebody get up and say, thank you for coming? Thank you for being here. Thank you for your presence. Now, I want to say something especially about our area. We live in a very transitional area. In fact, let me see. How many of you are born and raised in Orlando, Florida? In other words, you are from here. Raise your hand. Okay, I see a few. Let's do it the other way. How many of you are not from here? Raise your hand. Oh, my. There you go. See, we're from all over. So there's a sense in which we're looking for a place that we can connect to. Chris Sogden out at our other campus, Horizon West, he said, David, the kids out in Horizon West, not just the kids in the church, the kids in Horizon West community, none of them are going to school where their parents went to school. I mean, that just kind of hit me. Why? Because it's new. So those of us that grew up in a smaller community where you went to the same school your parents did or the same school your brother and sister, we don't have that. And now with what we've been through and separating, it's been difficult. But let me tell you what we commit to do. We commit to be the church that's doing this. We commit to encourage you every chance we get. We commit to be here. And to open these doors thinking and believing that there's a way we can come and it, at least encourage one another and help one another be better. Now, I want to say especially to those that you online and you're all over the world, I literally. And some of you are in places where it's a lot colder than 32 today. I want to say something to you. It's not the ideal situation. For those of you even here locally, to have to connect with us through this stream or through this TV broadcast. But let me tell you, it's a redemptive opportunity for us. And we are willing to find a way through technology or whatever it takes to connect to you when you're not able to physically be here. But when you're able to physically be here, we want you here. But until then, we're committed to connect. Because we believe it's exactly what this teaches. We need each other. And let me show you a statement about this church that I want to make for you. Isolation has no future here. It has no future here. You're not going to get lost and isolated here. There's going to be a connection. So let me show you this, tell you this story and show you this picture. It's almost like in a race. We're running a race. We're, we need each other, man. They're, the day approaching, by the way, did you see that? Even more as you see the day approaching? Well, that was in reference to the return of Jesus. And he is coming, by the way. But it also is a reference to when you don't have any more time. It's a reference to the day you're gone and the day you die. And after watching some really good friends of mine pass away this past year, 
I just kind of, and what I've been through with health, I just kind of woke up and said, you know what? The day is approaching. It's close. I don't want to miss this chance. I don't want you to miss this opportunity. So there were these two girls running in the Rio Olympics 2016. They're running a prelim, not the final, a prelim for the 5K, okay, the 5,000 meter. One of them was one of our girls, okay? Her name was Abby. The other one was Nikki. She was from New Zealand. And we don't, they don't know what happened. I mean, Nikki said, I have no idea what happened. I just remember hitting the track. She had gotten tangled up with Abby, our girl. But she said, what I remember was this girl put her hand on my shoulder and said, get up. We have to finish this. And there's the moment that Nikki from New Zealand felt Abby touch her shoulder and say, get up. We got to finish this. And so Nikki, in an interview later, said this. When somebody asked me about that moment, when somebody asked me, what do you remember about the Rio Olympics? She said, I don't care when it is. 20 years from now, I'm going to remember that moment when a girl put her hand on my shoulder and said, come on, get up. We got to finish this. Those girls received the highest award for sportsmanship that the Olympics give. Can I just tell you that that's why we're here today. That's why we stream. It's because we have something we want to say to you. Here's what we want to say. Come on. Get up. Let's finish this. We can do this together. We need each other. Because think about all we have in common. A common call. A common hope. And a common need. So today, come on. Get up. Let's finish it together. Can you pray with me just for a moment? Just bow your head. Let me ask you to think about this. Are you connected? Are you connected? Do you really feel like you belong here? Do you feel a part? And if the answer to that is yes, that's great. But if the answer to that is I don't know, can I just, number one, ask you, have you ever put your faith in Jesus? Have you ever said, Jesus, I believe, and I, I, I want to follow you? It's the same call we've all experienced. And the Bible says, whoever calls on him, they shall be saved. Right now, I want you to say, Jesus, I need you. I want to follow you. I want to turn from where I've been and who I am, and I want to follow you and become who you want me to be. And as you do, you won't be alone. We will be there with you. Jesus, thank you for those that simply called on you. And thank you for those that they are not connected the way you want them to be. So we just need your help and show us how we can be the best. Make one another better. Encourage one another. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're here today and you want to be a part what do you do? Well, you can text the word connect for your own stream. Text the word connect, 407-77. When you get to heaven and 
Jesus said, why should I let you in? Say, 407, <laughs> 77, and the gates will open wide. I'm, I'm convinced. Are y'all convinced? I think that's the way it works, right? You just don't forget that number. Seriously, why we want that number in your head is because we're committed to you, to help you to be better. So you text. You also realize this morning there's some folks back in the back tables, and uh, there's folks at either side, A and B, and they would love to have a conversation. You can get in a life group today, get in a small group. You can find a way. I want us. Can I say it one more time? Come on, get up. We got to finish this. And may God bless you as we do. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next weekend. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.